Party on, guys. Party on. Party on. Rock on. Well, welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast, the most excellent, righteous podcast dealing with uh, what we're drinking, uh, music, and theology. I'm uh, the Reverend Sal Marco, uh, a.k.a. the Angel of Death, uh, serving as a minister of word and sacrament in the PCUSA in the validated ministry of hospice chaplaincy. Yes, and you are sitting in your mobile office. I am. Your trusty steed. <laughs> My trusty steed. <laughs> he's the most he's the most circuit rider of us all. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so my name is uh, Reverend uh, Todd Laddick. I'm the rockin' Reverend Todd Laddick, I should say. Uh, and uh, I, I'm an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, serving a church congregation in Newton, New Jersey, on higher ground from somebody, somewhere. I'm Reverend Blake Severson, uh, the Viking vicar, currently uh, closing out my last few weeks as pastor of South Park Presbyterian Church. Um, the last pastor South Park Presbyterian Church will ever have as they are also closing and joining a new church uh, that we helped to uh, put together um, and soon to be uh, gracing the uh, shores of uh, the mighty Lake Erie in the Cleveland area. Um, is gotten a new job as an interim pastor uh, at a Presbyterian church in the Cleveland suburbs. Which means you'll be in our time zone. I will be in your time zone. There will no longer be any, uh, what time are we starting? Questions? <laughs> For now. I mean, and then eventually you might be in a whole different time zone. Well, yes. I mean, uh, the, the plan, as uh, any of you who have listened for more than a few seconds of me talking, is to end up in Alaska. And we're well on the way to making that a reality. So That's awesome. um, yeah. then it will be really difficult to get us uh, on the same time. Um, because I will... Especially I'll be four hours behind. So yeah, if you guys want to record at night at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll have to be up at six, which is, you know, not going to be a little hard. It's not going to happen. So we will be doing, we'll be doing Sunday afternoons. uh, Though if we're doing late night, if we're doing late night live events, it'll work very well for you. It'd be great. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) it's honestly the best part of being in Alaska is football starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, Monday night football is done by eight. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, awesome. I hate the fact that that stays. You stay up so late watching it. Oh, <clears throat> well, that is our introduction. So I guess that brings us into our Hebrews segment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Coffee edition. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Uh, actually, I don't have the coffee with me. I was going to get some more at Dunkin' Donuts, but the the Duncan here in Warwick is uh, abysmally sm- slow. So, mm-hmm. but I did have a did have a coffee uh, um, before we started uh, from Cafe Dolce here in Warwick, a little uh, independent store. Just had a nice coffee, mm-hmm. so much much nice. better than much better than Duncan. The uh, swirl of death. <laughs> the swirl of death. Oh God, I love that. Now, is it swirl or is it swill or is it both? Swill. It's, it's, it's both. It's both. It's swirl it's and swill. Yeah, it's a swirly swill. <laughs> yeah, the, the, swirly swill. The swill as it swirls down your throat. Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. 
Okay, well, uh, you want to go next, Blake? Yeah, um, so I'm drinking uh, coffee, um, Lavazza, which is just a, I mean, it's a pretty well-known espresso brand, but we got it at Costco. We're trying to save a little bit of money on our coffee budget. The stuff that we really like is great, but it's also pricey. Um, and so we got two and a half pounds from Costco of this for like what we can usually get a pound of the stuff we really like, and it's still really good. So that's yeah. what we're drinking today. Uh, yeah. Yay, Costco. Costco for life. Yep. I've had I've had La, uh, Lavasa before. They're good. They're good. Um, well, I guess that comes up to me. And that is I'm drinking what's called Synergy. It's raw kombucha. Uh, this is com Cosmic, Cam uh, Cosmic Cranberry. So I've yet to try Cosmic Cranberries. So I figured... Why not go with something new today? Smells mm -hmm. like kombucha. Tastes like kombucha, but very good. Ooh, cosmic. Cosmic cranberry. I like it. Mm. It is cosmic. I agree. Here's to here's to probiotics, living probiotics. Probably not vegan. <laughs> but that's okay. Healthy. So. <clears throat> awesome. Yes. So we're all we're all well uh, hydrated and caffeinated. Well, I'm Absolutely. increasingly Absolutely. not hydrated with all the coffee I'm drinking, but yes. Y yes, sure. and this has a lot of like black tea and caffeine in it too. So I don't know how hydrating this will be, but it should be stimulating. Mm -hmm. um, oh. But that brings us to our most. Excellent music segment! Even louder yeah. edition. <laughs> louder edition. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll go first. So, the I went to uh, on Saturday. Got invited by my mother-in-law to go with her and my sister-in-law and my wife, and uh, and we went to uh, see called Pure Petty. It was a uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh, tribute band. And it was at Jersey Girls, which is a brewery in Hackettstown. So it, there was a lot of really good beer <laughs> and a lot of um, really good music. And uh, Tom Petty was just, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to him. I'm sure you did uh, at some point or another, or if you follow him. <clears throat> but he was had a long-spanning career. And just what I always loved about him was, like, the honesty in his lyrics. Um I remember when the song Mary Jane's Last Dance came out and it really spoke to me at the time for a whole bunch of different reasons. But like, I just always appreciated his ability to tell a story uh, through his words, uh, but also like really connect with the average person. That's what I really liked about him. And uh, I think of this song, uh, it's called You Don't Know How It Feels. And I was listening to the lyrics probably... I don't know if I've ever listened uh, to the lyrics um, this way before, uh, 
but like as I was listening to it, uh, I realized, and I'm just pulling it up now. Here it is, and oh, I don't want to play it. Um, but I just realized that you know uh, this song is. Well, let me read it to you. It says, "Let me run with you tonight. I'll take you on a moonlight ride." There's someone I used to see, but she don't give a damn for me. But let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint and turn the radio loud. I'm too alone to be proud. And you don't know how it feels. You don't know how it feels to be me. People come, people go, some grow young, some grow cold. I woke up in between a memory and a dream. So let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint and let's head on down the road. There's somewhere I got to go. And you don't know how it feels. You don't know how it feels to be me. My old man was born to rock. He's still trying to beat the clock. Think of me what you will. I've got a little space to fill. So let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Let's head on down the road. There's somewhere I got to go. And you don't know how it feels. You don't know how it feels. No, you don't know how it feels to be me. And, you know, then it just repeats. But um, I was listening to that song and there's so many different places I could go with that and different ways it connects to me. But in the moment, um, you know, like you go through life and one of my one of my problems is uh, is that as, as a young person, especially, I was always trying to be a people pleaser and I've learned you can't be, <laughs> you know, you just you can't please people. Um, I mean, you can, but it, if you try to do that, if that's your main objective in life, you're going to fail. And, um, and so this song of the idea that like, you know, like he's telling, talking about this girl he used to see, he's talking about his father. He's talking about life in general, where people, you know, like look at him and make their judgments and think this, think that. And, you know, yet none of them really know what it's like to be him none of them understand that experience understand what it means to be us and i i guess that comes back to my existentialist uh philosophy you know that that like the problem with humans is that we want to connect with each other but the problem is that we have such a hard time doing it because we see everybody through our own lens <laughs> so it's hard to connect with somebody else when you're seeing them as you <clears throat> And so I don't know, that song just really hit me in a way I, I don't think it ever had before, you know, when I just listened to it in passing. So it was a good song. Awesome. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Petty. You cannot go wrong with Petty. I agree. Pure Petty. Um, <laughs> um, I'll go next. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to share it because, uh, well, we'll try. We'll try to, I'll try to share it. Um, I've been listening to, uh, so I, one of my favorite guitarists is John Norum. Uh, he's the guitarist for the band Europe. Uh, <clears throat> everyone knows from the 80s for uh, Final Countdown. Uh, but they are, they are still going strong, releasing albums. Uh, their last album came out in 2017, I want to say. Um, but he just released uh, a new solo album, or is releasing a solo album. Uh, so the first, uh, first track came off of that. It's called Sail On. Uh, he's, uh, for the video, he's kind of embracing his, uh, Scandinavian history. It's very, uh, Viking. Uh, it's not necessarily Viking metal, but it's very definitely Viking hard rock. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
Let me see if I can play it for you because I can't pull up the lyrics because the lyrics are on Apple Music and I'm using my phone right now. So, oh, yeah, that'd uh, be a problem. Yep. So let's see if this works. So far away, find a sweet life. It's the time to pay. When the sun shines, I'm rising from the grave. But my world is gone. Basically, uh, about life and 
you know, he's called to live on the ocean and as a Viking. And, you know, sometimes we just got to sail on, go yeah. forward, move on, keep moving on. Um, you know, anyway. yeah. Yeah. Scandinavian, Good song. Uh, Scandinavian themes are, I think, really powerful. I've actually got a little itch in, in my, uh, in the back of my brain to try to, I mean, every white dude wants to write a book, I think. Uh, but, um, there's this, I shared it with you guys, I think the last time about the Wanderers Habamal, this book of ancient Norse wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see a lot of connections in there with theology and, and pastoral practice and stuff like that. So I've got this idea of trying to write this book of like, you know, the <clears throat> theologians Habamal um, instead of the Wanderers Habamal mm-hmm. kind of connecting, you know, scripture and spiritual practices to these different pieces of little wisdom that the Vikings have been you know, the, the old Norse have been holding on to for thousands of years. Um, but a lot of it is what Sal is just saying. It's just this, you know, they, they lived hard lives in hard places and their kind of undergirding philosophy was just keep going <laughs> mm, <laughs> because yeah. it's not going to get any better. Uh, so you can choose to just fall down and die or keep moving. Um, and, and so it's pretty, pretty good stuff. Yep. So here's, Here's the, I'll read you the lyrics real quick. Um, <clears throat> Sail on, I'm going in not so far away. Find a sweet life, it's time to pay. Uh, when the sun shines, I'm rising from the grave. I find my world is gone, gone, gone away. Sail on towards mountains far away. Find a way, find a way is my promise of the day. Oh, I'm sailing on, the ocean is my home. From the waves, from the ocean, the more I know alone. When the sun shines, I'm one breath away. I was born into this world where no one wants to stay. Uh, sail on towards mountains far away. Find a way to the place where the sky has turned gray. Sail on in the mud. I'm going to stay. Find a way. Find a way is my promise of the day. Hold on just another day. Follow me. Say you want to stay. Uh, sail on towards the mountains far away. Find a place where the sky has turned gray. Sail on. Find a way is the promise of my promise of the day so i figure it kind of goes to that uh that uh top we talked about the scandinavian idea of sisu or perseverance yep uh, <clears throat> life his life can is is kind of right now but he's gonna persevere and sisu and keep sailing on yeah, yeah. cool definitely yeah so how about you blake well, that brings it to me. Um, so um, I will start with a, a um, kind of off the beaten path, what I've been listening to, um, which is a really, really tremendous audio drama that you can get on Spotify hmm. called Impact Winter. An asteroid hit the earth and blotted out the sun, and that allowed the vampires to come. I love this already. You will love it. It's tremendous. Um, it's got a lot of actually pretty big name um, British talent. It's British. Most of them are British speakers. Um, a lot of big name British talent. The story is tremendous. I mainlined it. Um, it's it's 12 episodes, and it's, it looks like they might be trying to set up for a second, um, second run. Um, but it's awesome. Um, Highly, highly recommend. I will definitely get the link you need to listen to it. It's tremendous. 
Mm. Um, it's really, really good. Um, they talk about three different types of vampires, blighters, um, shades, and overlords. Um, and in the first episode, they talk, you know, there, there's these people that are humans that are saying like, yeah, you know, I've seen blighters and I've only run into a few shades, but what about the third kind? And everybody says when they hear about the third kind, you don't ever want to run into the third kind. Um, wow. So and naturally, we impact impact winter. Impact winter. I'm looking it up right now, and I'm adding it. <laughs> Tremendous! You will love it. Um, it you will love it. Um, so that's been a big thing that I've been listening to um, lately um, on bike rides and car rides and whatever I can. But um, as you all know, I am a huge Eurovision fan. I had mentioned it um, in the last episode that it was coming and it has now happened. And I've been watching for 10 years. It is the, this year's was the, was the best Eurovision I've ever seen. Um, it was tremendous. Um, there were no truly bad songs um, in the final, which is a rarity. Um, because they have to, they have to have a full lineup, and sometimes the submissions from the different countries um, just aren't great, and so you just kind of get a, kind of a rough show. But this year, everything was really good. There was really only one. I guess there was one. There was one that everybody's just like, "Why is this guy here?" But he had to get through because the, they have a semifinal. So all these countries will pick a national winner. Um, all the countries in Europe. This year, um, both um, Russia and Belarus were banned for some fairly obvious reasons. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but so they had 40 countries. Um, five of them get in automatically to the final because they contribute the most money to the Eurovision kind of program. Um, and that's Italy, France, England, Germany, and Spain. Um, they get their auto entries. Everybody else has to go into a semifinal and compete. And then the judges and the fans decide who moves forward into the final. Mm -hmm. And then you do the whole final, which is then 20, 20 performances. Um, and they are crazy. Um, some of them are, are just complete lunacy. Um, so if you could, if you could make me the, the co-host for a second is that yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. we can do can totally do that absolutely i have the power <laughs> so sadly the the videos of the actual performances are no longer online they kind of had them out there for a little bit but then they removed them in our country okay. um so unless you've got a vpn that can hide your country of origin you can't access the the eurovision youtube this year peacock put it on uh to, to stream live um, and Johnny Weir of figure skating fame was the announcer and he was just as ridiculous as you could imagine. Um, and it was awesome. Um, but so I want to start, um, with what I would consider a more normal Eurovision song. Um, this was from Sweden. I thought it was one of the best songs. Um, we'll just play a little bit. Um, it's a really tremendous, tremendous song. Um, if I can, there it is. Sound, optimize, go. My apologies for the uh, ads. Uh, if you uh, want to get some Geico, here you go. And uh, <laughs> something for 
Something Jacob should throw us some money for this. <laughs> Let me know if you can hear it. Oh, I got a true mess. I need to apologize. Cause there's nothing to regret. Well, this is not what I wanted. Guess all the good things come to an end. So, baby, bye bye. Wish you the best. But most of all, I wish that I could love you less. Well, maybe you're right. I'll find someone else. You say it isn't me, but when did that ever help? So that's what a lot of Eurovision songs are like. Okay. Um, so I'm going to stop the share on that. They're, you know, they have these different they have ballads. They have, you know, your, your typical pop songs. There are a lot of ballads this year, a lot of park and bark, a lot of dudes singing about their feelings this year, um, mm. which is, you know, hey, great, let's do it. Um, but then you have the weird ones. And there's always weird ones. Um, like Eskimo Callboy. <laughs> Like Eskimo Callboy, but let me tell you, um, Norway outdid Eskimo Callboy. Oh, boy. And so I'm going to share with you now Norway's submission, their actual national champion, called Give That Wolf a Banana. All right? Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. I uh, gotta find it, of course. Hold on, Sal's literally buckling up. <laughs> All right, I'm buckled in. Yeah, literally buckle up. Um, it's 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 something. Oh, stop! Oops. Hold on a second. I forgot to add the sound. Does this does this count, Sal? Am I buckled enough? Yeah, there you go. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> Strap in. So, share, share. Okay, you guys can see it. That's, uh, there we go. Okay. You can hear it. Yep. Not sure I told you, but I really like your teeth. That hairy coat of yours with nothing underneath. Not sure you have a name, so I will call you Keith. Your chin. If you don't like the name Keith, I'ma call you Jim. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. Give that wolf. There's that. 
Okay. Before I, the wolf eats my grandma, I'll give that wolf a yeah, banana. So that is um, a parody song. That is a send-up of Eurovision because there have been songs in that neighborhood that were serious in previous years. Oh, <laughs> clearly, so that was done. That was done as a joke. That was a that was a send-up, and it was perfect, right? Because not only did they make fun of it, but it was also a banger, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's yeah. one you can put on your running playlist and get after it. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. a legit song, but it's totally insane. And so it was just tremendous, just tremendous. Now, so it's I, like um, every year they try to one up others that like have been just, insane I mean, before. kind of, you don't see this one was surprising because it was so good and it was such a good parody. Um, of great, everything that Eurovision song. is about <laughs> just insane, just <laughs> ludicrous. Right. Um, and so I want to share one more before I share my final one, the one I've been listening to. And this one is from Finland. Finland, who is known for their affinity for metal, um, had a band called the Rasmus, which has been together for like three decades or something like that. They've been together forever. Um, actually, you know, I won't share. I'll, I'll add a link if I can find the right one. But they opened their song. The lead singer is holding a yellow balloon with a yellow rain jacket. What's that <laughs> remind you of? Um, it um, yes. and so that was their of course and, it, and so it was very very finished and it was really wonderful um but coming into this year everybody kind of knew ukraine was gonna perform well um they had a submission they were given permission to not fight in the war so that they could go to eurovision they were oh, given permission awesome. to leave the country because all of them are men of fighting age and weren't supposed to leave the country mm. and so they went and um their song is very Eurovision as well, but it's also excellent. Um, what I'm going to share with you, though, is the music video they released the day after Eurovision. One of the keys of Eurovision is the songs cannot be political. They are not allowed to be explicitly political um, because it's just about coming together around music and this, that, and the having other. Fun, so, having yeah. fun and just, you know, being, it's about the music. And so we all know what's going on in Ukraine. Everybody watching knew what was going on in Ukraine while this extravaganza was occurring ukraine ended up winning eurovision and they have the jury so the judges like music professionals do one ranking and then the fan vote comes in and ukraine received the second largest fan vote in the history of eurovision wow um everybody in europe voted for them um and so they were doing pretty well up until that point but then they just shot into the stratosphere with over 400 points from the fan vote which is completely unheard of Wow. Um, but this is the <clears throat> very political video they released for their song the day after they won. And it is important to note that this was shot on location in Ukraine. Okay. Дуже тепле стала мене, не була обманута, як було дуже тепле, нагойдала мене так. Поле, 
я не мала, дитина, вона далі не рве тратить, я гуляв Шлях би тебе трахав, ти все молода, а мама на піку Якщо не ціню опіку, на піку, слабе мені в тупіку Запопайте піку, цю піку, тебе попіксти Своєю любов'ю So I basically can't hear that song or watch that video without choking up every single time. No, I've got, you can't see it, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a really, I mean, he wrote it about his mom and it was a song that predated the war, but it has become this rallying cry for the people. One of the lines in there is, um, I will always, I can't remember the exact line, but I always make the way home, even if all the roads are destroyed. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's really incredible. And that video was just a <laughs> sucker punch for everybody that watched it the first time that it came out. But, you know, one of the things that was, you could just tell that the band was thinking about that when they were performing. Um, you could feel it coming out of what they were doing, but you could also tell in the other people in the room and the, the audience knew that was in their mind as, as they were performing. And it was just a really powerful uh powerful experience to watch happen live. It was really, really cool, um, but and, just really and heartbreaking. A, and a reminder yeah. of the evil that is going on over there. Yeah, Absolutely. it's, it's just awful. Um, you know, and so since then they've returned, all of them have signed up to fight because um, they were given permission to leave. And so now- And who you knows that, if they'll be around next year to do and that's, Eurovision. You know, that's one of the things that was really think, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking about too, is, you know, the, the, the tradition is that the previous year's winner performs at the next year's because it's the next year's Eurovision is going to be in Ukraine, whatever's left of it. Whatever's there. Yeah. Um, and the previous year's winner is supposed to perform, but you know, there's a real chance that some of those guys are not going to be alive. Um, and a chance it might not happen in Ukraine. Depending. Who knows? Um, right. Yeah. And so um, it's just that that was uh, this was really good. Uh, I mean, it's a good song, too. That helped it. Right. If it was a bad song, I think they probably wouldn't have done as well as they did. But the song is very good, you know. Um, but, yeah, they song. they yeah. sold their they sold their trophy that they, they won 
um, for $900,000, then turned it back to giving it to equipment for soldiers. And the guy, the, the rapper has this pink hat. That's kind of one of his things. And he sold that, the one that he wore at Eurovision again, to make money for the war effort. And, uh, yeah, just really, really an incredible. It's haunting. It's haunting because you just don't know what that band's future is. <laughs> you know, yeah, like and that's they... that's the huge part of this whole deal is nobody really knows. Man, oh man! Well, what they're heroes and God so, bless them. Uh, sure. Yeah, but I, I, uh, it's it was just it was very impactful, and we watched it with Ada. She really loved it. Um, she loves the music, and she loves the Wolf Eat a Banana song. She asked for it all the time. Um, but there's just uh, yeah, there's a whole rabbit hole of really great songs. You can find their like official music videos, right, on YouTube, but not the not the performances. Um, wow, wow. So. Um, that is our most are. excellent music segment there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Extended edition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which brings us to our just as serious and uh, just as evil <laughs> and just as frustrating <laughs> and angering. Uh, and that is the, we're going to do a shithouse theology segment. Um, but... There's nothing really like a lot of times I like to laugh around on the shithouse theology because some of the stuff is just so ridiculous. But this yeah. is more than laughable. This is just really angering to me. Um, and I'm sure it is to you guys, too. So our shithouse theology segment is around America's idolatry of guns. Yeah. But, you know, I do want to say before we go into this topic that. Uh, well. You know, I'm not one who, you know, I, I think we, we come up with a, I do think we come up with a faux, not a faux, but a false dichotomy um, when we, we put it as guns or no guns. <laughs> and and that's often the way this, this topic is waged, which makes it even more frustrating for me because I'm not an anti, and I don't know many people who are, anti-Second Amendment. Uh, but my God, uh <laughs> the absolute like stalwart like position that people who take the extremes on wanting guns uh you know the things that they 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 advocate for the things the nra is is lobbying for are just not sensible and it just shows i don't want to say all of america idolizes guns but there is a certain large section of america that does or at least it seems large i don't know so at the very least powerful yeah and the amount of uh, immediately after, well, the funny thing is the NRA conference was held in Texas not a couple of days after the shooting mm -hmm. and yeah. massive, massive protests outside of it. Um, but how, how immediately, and not that there's pro, not pro gun people on the, the left, there are, mm -hmm. but it always seems after these tragedies, the right, the Republicans come out and blame everything but the guns. Right, everything um, but the guns. Right. This year was they the were blaming kill people. It's it's the people that kill people. Oh, it's it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's not a gun issue. Yeah. It's a heart issue. Right. This year, this year, famously with Ted Cruz, they were blaming it on doors. Well, if we only had one access point, we could we could have controlled. Yeah, and then that's the yeah. School, school burns down, they all get stuck and then die from a fire. Well, and one of the things I saw from a person who was a former soldier um, is that they referred to doors as fatal funnels. 
Mm. Right. If you only have one door, all you got to do is, you know, her, her point was all you have to do is pull the alarm and stand outside and wait. Mm-hmm. Right. If there's only one point they're going to come out of. There's only one point you need to be at. Um, yeah. And so it would honestly, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's in some regards, it's hard to eat. Part of what I've seen in the, in the practice of this routine that we are in is those in favor of absolutely unfettered, unencumbered, unimpaired gun rights, no matter what it is or why. Right. Their go-to move is just make those folks who are pushing for change to defend on a bazillion ridiculous fronts. Like now we have to defend the idea of only one door and we're not talking about the guns anymore. Right. We have to, you know, the, it's always straight to mental health. Like Salison, they blame everything but the gun. Everything. But the we're, gun. It's always we're been defending yeah. on a million different fronts in the argument. Mm-hmm. And we can't ever get back to the thing that everybody knows is the thing. Um, yes. And, and yes, and there is an argument to be made. And it's true that if you take guns away completely from people, they'll find something else to kill people with. That's true. Sure. But they won't kill nearly as many. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> you your, chance of sur- your chances of surviving a stabbing are significantly better than surviving getting shot. Shot. Yeah. Um, shot multiple times out of a gun that can spray 10 bullets in a second, you know? (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) yeah, but I think, you know, as we think about the theological implication of this, you know, there's no, there's no real clear, you know, we can go to the Old Testament and find lots of cases where God armed God's people and said, go do bad things. Um, You know, our question as Christians is what does the coming of Christ and the in the you know kingdom of heaven being upon us what does that bring to bear on this discussion well yeah and 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 i would even say um i wouldn't say well obviously the things that god has some people do in the old testament seem god awful to use a a pun Mm -hmm. but um but then there's the theological argument is what god's telling them to do bad or is that just our interpretation of it like how do we you know you could get into that side of it but i think i i think ultimately yes you can find times in the bible where god is telling people to arm and there are times in life where you have to arm yourself i mean look at ukraine perfect Mm -hmm. example you know they didn't ask for the words upon them and they have every right to defend themselves and shoot and kill you know like you know that's they have every right to do that to defend their freedom so there are times where yeah that's necessary but we act in this country like, and I, I was saying this the other day, which one of us has ever, which one of these gun owners has ever had an instance where if they're following proper gun practices, uh, like where do we live in neighborhoods where people randomly just come into our houses and we have to protect ourselves with guns? Is this, is this where we live in America? Because I don't. <laughs> And the people yes. who need the guns the most are the ones who don't have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, they ends up it either ends up in the hands of gang members or over or overzealous like unwanted overzealous white people who really don't need guns. You know, it, right. minus the farmers and the hunters. You know, using it for those said things. Mm-hmm. Um, most white people don't need guns. You know, yeah. and I. I 
you know, I don't need a lot of things. I have a, I have a Claymore, uh, Scottish Claymore uh, uh, sword, broadsword. Uh, I don't need that. I'm okay with having it and I have the right to have it and, you know, I'm not swinging around at people, but so I, I'm not saying that people can't and sh or shouldn't have guns, but why do we need all of the guns that we supposedly should have the right to have? It, and, and then the hypocrisy, you know, they're, they're talking about protecting freedoms, constitutional freedoms, and yet on the same, on one side of the mouth and on the other side of the mouth, they're farting out, uh, you know, don't say gay in a more restrictive, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Yep. But, but the theology, to go back to what you were asking, Blake, um, that's, you know, well, you, you know, there's a lot of levels we can look at this. One of the theological levels that always frustrates me is these are the same people who didn't want to wear masks, don't want to get vaccinated because God will protect them. If it's God's will, right. I die, I die. But well, they need right. guns. Yeah, the, but they need know, guns because God's not going to protect them there. The Venn, the Venn diagram of people who were shouting faith over fear during the pandemic, and those who are demanding guns, you know, unfettered gun rights to kill whoever threatens them for any reason, is a circle. Pretty much like this. It's a very white circle. Let's very make that clear circle. as well. Very um, yeah, very white circle. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I I think about right the. The, you know the the you know the truth will set you free right we, we are not dealing with truth in these things we're right? not. When we look at if we look at the rest of the world mm -hmm. my, you know denmark per capita owns cons a considerable amount of guns right on par with a lot of you know not us because we're insane we have more guns than people but <laughs> um but like every almost everybody i know in denmark owns a gun for hunting or other reasons but they have rules like they can't keep their ammunition in their house they have to keep it at a central place and give a reason for taking it out um how hard would that be right Not hard how hard would that be and you wouldn't be taking any constitutional right away right i would fit, get... I would fit right into the well-regulated militia well-regulated and you know people will <laughs> say well what about i mean what about home defense okay you could have one, one five-round clip in a handgun yeah. for yeah, home defense. Handgun. Great. Yep. I had a I had a professor in, in college who said he doesn't even he doesn't need a gun. He just needs something that makes the sound of a shotgun, and that's enough for home defense. Yeah. Right. If somebody's coming into your house and they hear that, they're gonna turn around. <laughs> yeah, they're they're out the door. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so I think that's part of the challenge is, is we are, you know, the truth is so obfuscated in this debate yeah. mm -hmm. that we can't ever get to it. And that's why we're trapped in this death cycle, because we can't ever really get to the truth, because honestly, I mean, I think you're right. I think in, in a lot of ways, neither side wants to really get down to the truth of things. Neither side, um, right. And, right but neither it side. is more so, and, and I'll make this very clear, I'm not both sides in this, it is more so on the side in favor of gun rights. They have oh, gone so far as to prevent us from studying the impacts of guns on public health. Yep. Right? If you have to ban studies of impacts, you're not, we, we don't want the truth. No, right? we don't. Um, right. You don't you don't want accurate information to guide the decisions if you're preventing the CDC from studying gun gun impacts on health. Um, 
and and that's where I think we we really have to stay focused and get through the noise. It's just say like I want I want my friends that have guns to keep their guns. Yeah, I'm not worried about them. Me either. But the fact that this 18 year old kid, fact, could buy two weapons of mass death from a federally licensed firearm dealer and 375 rounds of ammunition in the two weeks before he did this with no inhi- inhibitions to his efforts. No, cannot he legally continue. got it. Yeah. He legally got that. He was it, legally. It was all legal. It was all yep. legit. Every mm-hmm. round, every gun was bought legally and within the laws of the United States of America. Yeah. And let's not forget that Texas has one of the loosest gun laws <laughs> In the entire, in the entire they, country, they just they just signed a law that anyone anyone who legally constitutionally can own a gun, which is anyone over eighteen, without a license, can now carry concealed carry in the right. state of Texas. Um, but and, and speaking of truth, if you look at the NRA, historically the NRA was for gun control. Look at the nineteen yes. sixties and seventies with the Black Panthers. They Absolutely. they were all for gun control when it was in the hands of. Black, black and brown people. people. That's right. That's right. The NRA has a very shady, racist history. History. Right. Um, and, and here's the other truth about home protection, right? If you're following gun laws, standard gun laws, you're supposed to keep your ammunition and your gun locked up. Locked up. If someone breaks into your house, you're going to have to scramble to go to your gun safe to unlock the gun safe to get the gun to get the you're It's never going to happen. <laughs> If if you are following standard gun laws, yep. if you're a responsible gun owner, yep, unless right. you have foreknowledge, you're not going to get that gun in time. Yeah, I, I believe in believe in New Jersey. If you're if you're driving, you know, because we have shooting ranges ranges in New Jersey. If you're driving to the shooting range, your ammo and your gun must be locked away separately, one in the trunk and one in the car. Separately, yep. that's right. Separately, and, and that's standard gun practice. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like, and then we get to the other wider reality, right? You know, we're so myopic in our country. All we talk about is the United States. And it's especially true when we talk about gun rules, right? People are like, well, it's us. It's us. It's just about us. And I'm like, part of the question that I ask every time I get into these arguments on Facebook and Twitter, because, you know, I get bored apparently, is um, what makes us such a uniquely violent society? And if we are, in fact, that if that is the base argument that Americans are uniquely and especially violent and the threat here is greater than anywhere else in the world. Why are we making it so easy for this uniquely violent and murderous group of people to get whatever kind of weapon they want? Um, But again, you know, when you look at you look at numbers of per capita gun ownership, United States is, of course, first. But it's not that big of a gap when you look at per capita, and other countries just don't don't see this happen. I think other countries other countries have mental health issues. They have all the same male issues that we have. They just the difference is the access to guns. And I think and, also in America, um, I really believe this in in America because there's what's distinctly unique about us is there's a specific mm-hmm. individualism that carried out in the American yep. 
experiment where yeah. I'm going to live my dream with my nuclear family doing my thing. And it's very myopic. America is very myopic. Whereas in Europe, yeah, you have that most Americans probably don't even know people in Denmark have guns, right? Like, um, but, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, in Europe, there's a much more sense of community. It's less individual and more communal. Like, hey, it's not just about me, but it's about me taking care of everybody around me as well and mm -hmm. making sure we're doing the best for everybody. And, you know, in America, we look at that and we go, socialism. And it's like, but that's, no, you're trying to say yeah. that they're communists and they're not. <laughs> they're very democratic. They just care about, you know, their community. And that's a good thing, you know, wanting to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, America, God bless America, America, one nation under God, where in the Bible does it say it should all be about you? Mm -hmm. Speaking of theology. Well, and that, that's kind of where I was going to go is the, what seems to, especially for the, for the party that is more pro-guns, the Republicans, they've really become more of the, the party of libertarianism and yes. this whole idea of you know, if you look at what they're actually saying about gun laws and personal rights, it's more in line with Ayn Rand mm -hmm. than it is with Jesus. Than it is with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Ayn Rand was yes. a was a was a very atheist. Their 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 values are more in line with hers in terms of individual liberty and rights than it is with uh -huh. Jesus. And okay. if they if they actually actually aligned with Jesus, they'd be more in line with European. Yeah, uh, we even get baby approval of, on that cell. Yeah. Thank you, baby, for agreeing with it. Sigrid, you, you validated me. Thank you. You were totally validated. validated. We, we forgot to validate you earlier. You were validated. Thank we you. did. <laughs> Thank you. That's just been taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> it took some I mean, deliberation, and we needed an outside resource to know if you were validated or not. So yeah, yeah. Just, just like the Presbytery. Good. Just like the Presbytery. Just, yep. just like the Presbytery. Hey, um, uh, yeah. Know, but yeah, I this think, is it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I think um, bringing it back to theology, if you look, I mean, and this always comes up in some of the debates, and for Christians at least, if you look, yes, in the Old Testament, God tells his people to do some pretty awful things with weapons. But in, throughout the New Testament, the overarching theme of the New Testament is nonviolence. That's right. If you look at Jesus, there's the one scripture in Luke 22 where Jesus tells his disciples to arm themselves, and it yeah. it's very antithetical to the rest of the Gospel of Luke. And because then, yeah, go ahead. Because then late, later on, when he's arrested in the garden, and Peter takes that weapon and slices off the ear of the the slave. What is what does Jesus say? He well, he heals the slave and then tells Peter, "Those who live by the sword will die by the sword." Yep. So he he's and, contradicting that very passage of "Go arm yourself." Right, and I think in the context of that passage, when you read that passage in the context of everything else around it, he was he knew the disciples thought he was going to raise a rebellion against you know he was the Messiah, he was going to be the king. So he's telling them very. He's being very uh, sardonic and sarcastic in that passage when he says, go, go get your swords, go get your, your weapons and bring them two by, you know, two by two, right? Like, and, and 
he's not actually telling them to do that. He's calling out what they want to do, what they're thinking well, already of doing. And they only and get then he two, calls Peter they, out when he does it. And they only get two of them, and they say, we found two. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It was a complete... Two swords for 13 do. guys. It's great. It's great. Yeah. If we want to... Hey, biblical gun ownership, you can have two weapons per 13 people in the United States. <laughs> it was good enough for Jesus. If we're going to use good that passage, that's right. There it that's is. Right. You want to you want a proof text war? There's wow. there's your that's there's your control, closing argument. That's going to yeah. control even Bernie Sanders didn't put up. Right. <laughs> two two guns per 13 people. Where instead, currently, the latest statistics are that we have 120 guns per 100 people in the United States. Yeah, yeah. meaning more than one gun per person. 1.2 guns per person and that includes non-gun owners, which there are many. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's the other part of this that's really yeah, crazy. So I the, own the one hoarding, guns. the hoarding of guns. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that's um, and that's and that's that's part of the sinfulness of this idolatry of guns. Is you know, gun gun purchases spike after every mass shooting. Always. Always. Right. It's that that hoarding of. Fire. Well, and. You know, I had this thought about that. You know, usually it's like, well, because the world is scary, right? So people go and buy more guns because the world is scary. And one of the things I thought about this time was like, that's not what it is with this AR-15. No, no. They, they just witnessed an 18-year-old with no training publicly shame an entire police department and the Border Patrol and the SWAT team with two guns. Yes, so now they know that they can do the same thing. Yeah. Right. It was the, yeah. it was the, it was the, it was the best ad that company or that, and that gun type could ever write for itself. If you want to mm -hmm. pretend like tyranny is the reason you own this gun, this kid held off multiple, like an entire County worth of police by some counts, 150 police officers were afraid to go in the building. Because and this were, kid had these guns. Yeah. And they were tasing and arresting parents for urging them to go save their oh, children. But we support law enforcement, right? We love right, law back, enforcement. We yeah. love to support our law enforcement and let them go into situations like that where they're going to get blown away by two, you know, guy with two guns. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole thing is a big circle, you know what. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, when I think about you know, I think about, you know, the, again, we talk about these Venn diagrams that are functionally one big, generally white circle, right? Um, mm -hmm. The same people that were cheering Roe versus Wade, mm -hmm. most likely being overturned this summer, are the same people that are standing up and saying there's nothing we can do to stop these kids from being murdered except more guns. Right. The, the very people um, who overturned a, you know, what, 50 years of law? <laughs> right. Um yeah, they put in a ban because they think it'll, you know, what, and that's, again, we talk about truth. And, and I think that's where our, our job is to stay as anchored in the truth as we can. And I get really emotional about it, right? Because I had to drop my daughter off at school the next day. Um, and, 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 and my daughter's wondered, in school too. Yeah. Right. And wondered, like, is this the day she doesn't come home? Um, right. And so it's easy to get emotional and, and the side that is emotionally detached, which is an unhealthy thing. It's important to be emotional. It's let, let the feelings direct your, 
decisions, for goodness sake. I mean, you think about what happened in New Zealand, right? The, the awful Christchurch shooting. Yeah. They, they bought back most of the guns in the country within months. Because they were like, no, this hurts too bad. We don't want to feel it ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and they I, did I mean, it willingly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that I feel it every time. Um, God help us all if we ever stop feeling it. Amen. And I feel like our country is is numb to it. Like they're apathetic. We see it and we see it and we see it and we go prayers, you know, thoughts and prayers and and that's it. It just becomes a rote response because we're just numb to it. Yeah. And I you know that's why I love I love the, the headline from the onion and the onion has said we're gonna publish this every time it happens. And, you know, onion has an article. Uh only uh nation says they can't uh fix a problem that only happens in the U.S. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, Basically yeah, yeah. Po pointing out that only in America do we have this problem and we're unwilling to change it. And they've said every time they've published it 27 times since 2014. Mm -hmm. Every time, all they do is they change the, the city and the number of victims. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, The Onion has been absolutely relentless in this last one. The, one of their news stories was um tearful uvalde residents thank police for protecting parking lot from gunmen um like right like um then the yeah the no way to prevent this one went went live again and then they had another one that a buddy of mine shared and i'm trying to see if i can can track it down um but they had another new article that they wrote and they are they are not screwing around at the onion um they're just calling it what it is and you know, yeah. the part of, you know, when I think about as we talk, you know, this, this truth will set you free thing has been really heavy on my mind in the midst of this is mm. we've also come to a place where when we get in these discussions, I'm often told, well, you're being emotional, so I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. As if our emotions and our feelings when these things happen aren't real and aren't true and don't count. Right. You have to be completely and utterly irrational, which, again, isn't absolutely fundamentally Ayn Rand, hardcore libertarian viewpoint. Right. You yeah, only yeah. take things from their rational, you know, objective purpose where, you know, when you do that, these kids are in, in Ayn Rand's terms, these kids are takers. They are not makers. So they are. It's OK that they die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because horrifying. They, they take they take services. They don't produce anything. They don't do anything for society. Um, so what's it matter? You know, this is going to get on the internet. Now I'm going to be a monster. I want to preface. I'm I'm quoting Ayn Rand's thought here. <laughs> yeah, this is not yeah. your particular thought. It's not my quoting, thought, right? You're quote you're quoting a philosophy from a. If yes. if if I, if I had to, if I had to give up if I had to give up everything. Every, every privilege that I, you know, that I love, that's not a fundamental need for life in order that I could ensure that my daughters would never get shot at school. I would do it. Me too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't care um, that no kid should go to school and be shot to pieces, literal pieces. I mean, and I don't know, Blake, if you see this more and maybe it's influenced uh, or, infiltrated reformed uh 
discussions. I don't know about Methodist discussions, Todd, but I engaged in a post on some reformed Facebook page, and that was the very, the very response I got. It was a, to me, a very logical response that I said, and they they responded, "Oh, well, you're being too emotional. That doesn't, you know." I think I think this libertarian Ayn Rand philosophy has infiltrated, um, at least the reformed circles, the very vocal conservative ones and if they're they're blinded to um a lot of what we're talking about hey can, uh, can i say this and yeah yeah good and i think everyone here will agree with this Anne rand ain't christ <laughs> well there is that <laughs> but but yet but yet her that philosophy is held by people who, who claim to follow Christ as Lord, but really they're following Ayn Rand as Lord and they're following their, their GOP as Lord and all that, you know, whatever that, you know, looks like. But, and then that comes back to the idolatry, right? Are we really following Christ in America? Is it God in God we trust or is it in greed we trust in guns we trust? What is it, you know, like, cause I don't think it's God. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that idea of uh, those who are the loudest with the faith over fear are the, the first to say, give me my guns. Yeah, they yeah. are They're the first to do They're that. The, yeah. You know, God, you know, God above all it, until you threaten to take their guns away. Yeah. 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 It's, it's guns, country, God, maybe in that yep. order. <laughs> um, I, yeah. yeah, I joked so. with a friend uh, once that he likes country music, and he's like, "Well, they they sing about Jesus." I'm like, "That's country Jesus. That is not actual Jesus." Uh, and it's exactly that 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 became that became the template for country music recently. Is um, you know, beer in my pickup truck with my girl and my gun, and then mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You talk about Jesus after you sing about how you're uh, you're with your girl down by the, the creek into the bed of your truck. <laughs> Making babies. Making babies. <laughs> with my bear. <laughs> um, yeah, so I realized that I think uh, Blake had some technical difficulties, and I'm sure he'll come back on. But I am also mindful of our time. Um yep. Uh, so I think we've had a fairly good roundabout discussion on how shitty the theology uh, uh, around guns is in our country, uh, especially with with people. And there's our brother Blake joining us right now. Hello, Blake. Welcome back. Yeah, Welcome our back. internet wrapped out. Um, so I was just wrapping it up because I'm mindful of our time, but yeah. what I was what I was saying is, uh, you know, I think I think we can look and see how people who who the people who do idolize guns, and I recognize this isn't all of America, but this affects all of America, right? And no, yeah, not all of America is violent, but there's a large population who really adore the idea of violence and and having the power to 
to perpetrate it, whether it's on people, you know, the, the fantasy people that are uh, the secret, you know, um, invisible friends that are or robbers that are running into their house every day that they have to shoot, or if it's, uh, you know, whatever it may be, or maybe we're going to have to take over the government someday, you know, to pull another January 6th, and I better watch out, I'm just uh, being facetious here, <clears throat> you know, whatever that may be, um, those people have an idolatry of guns it's not god it's guns and guns we trust you know and um i think uh, yeah uh, go ahead yeah one of the, i was talking with my brother who lives in australia who you know he's an american but he now looks at this country and he's just like what in god's name is happening yeah, yeah. how can there be that many and i'm like there's not that many that's the thing i think that is difficult for us to wrap our head around is like when you look at the last election, the last presidential, mm-hmm. not I think just about or just under half of the country voted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Less than half of those people voted for the Republicans. Yep. But those people vote in every election. Yep. Every level. So a quarter of our country is very, very vehement that their voice be heard. You know, I saw a lot of these, you know, a lot of these things like, oh, well, you know, what good does voting do? We've been voting and it doesn't work. I'm like, that's that's not true, because not even true. Only half the country votes in one of the biggest elections, one of the biggest voter turnouts we've ever seen. Only half Mm -hmm. the country uh, only voted. Like, so as maybe 60 percent of eligible voters actually voted. Right. (laughs) And yeah, yes, we, we do need to vote because. Most people don't want this to continue, right? But the, right. the system has been gamed so much and is and is not truthful to the will of the people that people have just kind of given up the hope that they can make a difference with their votes. And that's right. It's not a one vote that's going to make the world a panacea, right? It's it's no consistent, right. constant, never ending action. Um, right. Over and over again, over a long enough time, and we can turn this ship around. But thinking right. that voting for Joe Biden is going to get up is foolish. Oh my goodness, Sigrid. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, you know, that to me, I think is really important that we remember that it's really only about 20 to 25% of this country that's driving. Correct, yeah. yeah. Right. So, and I, I think that's a good place to end it and then uh, hop on over to our bonus episode for goodness. all of you who are uh, patrons and for those of you who aren't, why? <laughs> yep. Um, so, uh, what do you think, guys? Uh, One more thing and be done. So, um, uh, I, th- I, think I would say be excellent to be each done. other. Don't be a jerk. And Skull. Skull. And Siggy approves. <laughs> say, Sigrid. Hey, Sigrid. Hi. <laughs> See, Blake really does care about his children. That's right. He does. He's a good he's a good dad. He's a good dad. <laughs> All right, guys, rock on. Rock on. Rock on.